All right, so on the podcast today, we have Coach Kyle McElvaney. He is currently the special teams coordinator and offensive line coach at St. Mary Catholic Central in Monroe, Michigan. Prior to coaching at his alma mater, he served for five years as the head football coach at Dundee High School, in addition to coaching in Ohio at, at Anthony Wayne, Delta, and Swanton High Schools. He is a member of the 2016 AFCA inaugural 30 Under 30 class. He has spoken at state, regional, and virtual clinics on the Power T and program building topics. He can be found on Twitter at Coach McElveen. And I will put some clinics that he's speaking at in the in the show notes. I'll just I want to copy and paste his introduction here that I just read to you. That'll be in the show notes as well. I know you will love listening to him on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. All right, so today on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast, we have Coach McElvaney. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. The internet's a wild place. You can watch people's videos on YouTube, and then you find, you go and stalk them down and find their email, and then here we are, Coach. This is good. <laughs> yeah, you can. Easier to watch, a lot easier to watch film these days, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw your videos on YouTube, I said, man, I got to. I got to talk to this guy and then we've connected and it's been, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I guess that's one of the good things that come out of that, out of the pandemic, at least is all the, there's so much free clinic. Um, I mean, they're basically clinics, you know, online now. I mean, um, I helped with the Michigan high school coaches association, put together a bunch of them. And I mean, we have a library. I know the state of Ohio does now. So it's, and their coaches association. So it's pretty good though. It's way different from when I started when you used to either go to clinics or buy the old Nike coach of the year manuals, you know, coach, those coaches choice videos. Oh yeah. The biggest rip off on, on the face of the earth. That, that was $40 like money wandering. Hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was awful. Then they would, they, but they would talk about their uh, like philosophy for the first freaking 45 minutes and then give you, <clears throat> like 10 minutes of decent material <laughs> oh yeah the, yep i remember that. yeah and making copies of those and trading them with people oh yeah good yeah and you felt like you you feel like you need to go to confession i feel like you know like i need to go confess this i'm like i'm pirating this material from this person but how i mean they were they were expensive they were they're about five if i remember they're like 40 or 50 a, a, a video it was but, oh, well, you know, you learn. And... Yeah, no doubt. So you said the the Michigan Coaches Association is yep. has, has a library. So if you're a member, do you get access? Is that kind of how so it works? I, two different ways. We actually, on our YouTube channel, we have a free, I think there's probably like 25, 30 videos on there. Mm. And then through Coaches Insider, we've had our last two state clinics on there. So every speaker that we, we've had is on there. Um, from you know your eight man, we, we have actually a really big selection of eight man coaches videos on there for people, um, and then you know across the board from high school to small college to your big name coaches as well. So that's all. <clears throat> that's awesome. Years not not years ago, but a couple of years ago, I found the Michigan State Championship games on YouTube, and I started watching this offense called the T and I, I thought to myself, I have never seen this. I grew up in Florida and the okay. wing T was something 
yeah. big down there. And it looked very, very familiar. So, Coach, with me leading into that, will you please just sure. give a little bit of your background and that we can we can go from there? Sure. So I'm a graduate of uh, St. Mary Catholic Central High School in Mineral, Michigan. And uh, that's actually where I coach now um, after a full kind of circle journey that's took me through uh, Ohio. I coached down in Ohio for about 10 years at Delta under Mike Vickers, who's an extremely very good uh, wing T coach, Swanton, and then Anthony Wayne, which is a, a larger Division One high school under another good wing T coach there. Um, but during this whole time, you know, I still loved the T offense. I played for it, played in it in high school. Um, under my high school, I had coach Jack Jarmo, who's considered one of the best T coaches in the state of Michigan. Um, through a series of events, I become the head coach at Dundee. Um, and yeah, I'm not saying anything to brag on myself, but this is kind of a touch on how much the T helped us is we took over a program that was 0-9 and had four head coaches in one year before Ooh. us. Yeah, so it was that kind of a situation. Um, we never had a kid take a, a snap under center, but immediately just sticking to the fundamentals of the T of our blocking rules and carrying out great fakes and eating clock and, and on defense, you know, trying to t keep, you know, just, again, the whole – playing into it, being a little bit aggressive, but still, again, we wanted to eat clock. Um, we ended up going five and four that first year there. And uh, it was a good experience, um, different experience, but, um, you know, I'm a man of faith and all roads led back to my alma mater where uh, now I'm the offensive line coach and the special teams coordinator. Um, I'm also the director of our special education program, which we're the only Catholic high school in the state of Michigan to have one. So I'm, I'm really proud of that as well. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, been a, it's been a journey. Um, I've tried to get out and learn from as many of these as good T coaches as I have, as I could. Um, like uh, Craig Tibby up at Hudsonville Unity Christian played for a state title this year going to hear John Shillito, who you probably watched on YouTube at Zealand West. Yes. They, I've uh, but uh, guys like that and just get out and trying to learn as much as you can and assuming you know nothing. Um, and obviously all, and a lot of time spent with my old high school coach as well. So. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. That, it's such a unique, unique offense that they actually the place I'm at now in Buchanan, they, they ran the T here for a long time, but it's not the same, not the same style. Yeah, yeah there's definitely different, different styles. styles. You know, there's, I, I look at the, you know, some people run the T just like it's the power eye and there's not much deception too. It's just, you know, look out, here we come. And I think, you know, and obviously people can run the wing T, the Delaware stuff from a T formation. But then, you know, that Michigan power team, it's a little different because you have your trap, power, and keep all in one series. Um, at, and it threatens those three gaps every play. And it's all based on fakes as well. And, you know, and taking what the defense gives you, reading that defensive end, how he's playing you, and, and making them wrong by what they're doing. Absolutely. So talk a bit about, a little bit about, if you don't mind, kind of the basics of the T. So where, where do you start when you, when you run that offense and, 
in your style? Um, where do we start in our style? We start by, we start in what we call midline drill, which is nothing more than the center, the quarterback, and our fullback. But everybody plays fullback at this point, and they're learning how to take a layered handoff, which is like this, and they clamp down on the ball versus your traditional. Mm. We start that, and we did that, we do that to start practice every day. Mm. Um, okay. We start with trap because we put our best athlete at fullback. And then we'll move on, move on to lead or power, whatever you want to call it. So your C gap plays and then keep. Um, and then our first pass play we'll install is our boot play. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's boot. not much to it if you do it right. It's, and, you know, in certain most years I've added the full, you know, the wing T belly play, the fullback ISO, whatever you want to call it, um, just as a change up because we would base block it up front. And it's so it was a simple ad and something it was an answer for when defenses would squeeze down blocks. We added that over the years and a, a full body, you know, like student body, right? Whatever you want to call it, full toss. But that's awesome. <clears throat> so when you call or you call it or you, or where you're at, whoever's calling plays, how many play different plays are you calling a game? So how many different calls do you have? So we'll go through the list. We'll say in a given night, you're going to see trap, probably wide trap, which is just an adjustment. You'll mm-hmm. see lead or power, whatever you want to call it. And then you might see one or two variations of it, depending on you know, whatever they're giving us. You'll mm-hmm. see keep. And on a good night, you won't see any passes. But, it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's funny is, is I, I dislike throwing the ball, but or I give, I was way better about it as a head coach throwing the ball. But when I go back to being an assistant, I get more nervous not and not liking it. But a good night, three or four passes for, you know, if you can get the, I was always taught if your quarterback can get a first down or a touchdown on a throw, that's what you want. So mm. we went okay. three, three for four for, I don't know, 45 yards or whatever. Hey, that's okay too. Let's just mm. be efficient and do what we need to do. But I've yeah, had quarterbacks. Yeah, I've had quarterbacks throw for eight and nine hundred yards in this offense, and we had a quarterback this year. I believe he was it was less than three forty on for the year. So oh, it's and now so and we finished nine and three this year. So you know, it just it depends on what you have. Yeah, do y'all run any counter out of out of your stuff? Is that in the package? As um, well? We do. We we've done two different ways. Um, what we've run a counter where it's based off our lead, our power trap uh, keep series, where we'll pull the backside guard, he'll kick out backside tight end, will wrap through, and then we've also done almost like a a reverse. Uh, it was a spit. Basically, ends up being a halfback trap. Mm. But it's still a trap blocking scheme, but a little bit of a counter backfield action. We've mm-hmm. done that as well. So, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we probably—I wouldn't say we probably don't run counter enough. I've—I've I've never run yeah. counter play enough as I should because it's just—I was taught early by one of my mentors uh, put everything we run on a stopwatch. How fast does it hit the line of scrimmage? Okay, like trap for example, should break the line of scrimmage in 0.98 seconds, one second or less. So mm-hmm. putting all these plays on a stopwatch, then you get the counter, which is deliberately a little slower. 
it's you know i guess that's where i get the hesitancy so mm. it's interesting when i, I you send me some cut-ups and i've watched some <clears throat> some tape of uh, elk river high school in minnesota yeah. and it's so interesting to watch because it's a different philosophy from what the other team's doing most of the time the other team is in some version of spread or well spread usually is what you see and i wonder when you're game planning how hard is it for you to game plan when people a lot of people i would imagine don't run your style of of offense so it's kind of you know it's kind of funny so when i was a head coach we were in a league where the spread was the uh kind of the outlier offense there's like four or five oh, teams okay. that ran t but it hurt us because by the time you get to that week eight or nine the team's seen it three or four times mm-hmm. so uh it was you know kind of a double-edged sword but you know as far as play you know for example in the playoffs we you know obviously we we drew a team that had not played any t team so um you really just kind of figure out what's their core are they even or odd and at the end of the day you run this offense enough you're going to see absolutely everything anyway um we try to once a week just have our scout defense make up fronts because at the end of the day our kids have to apply the rules and we know what we've learned is is one or two things happen either we'll get you know the second half adjustments either a defense of the week where we'll see some kind of a junk front or they'll blitz everybody and they'll guess right once or twice and we'll eventually hit a trap and so yeah that's awesome i think excuse me i think about mike lee says something to this effect this when he was started writing the spread and he said it's easier to coach in college as opposed to high school because in high school you can see stuff that like what the heck is that? <laughs> you know, because yep. people defend it all differently. Right, and sometimes there is no rhyme or reason, and it works because at the end of the day, it's talent. It's, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, you know, you just you learn over the years running this offense. You get comfortable enough to know, like, you you start narrowing it down to just certain guys. You know, mm. who's the contained player? Who's are they reading guards? Are they reading the quarterback's face mask? Is the safety getting involved or not? You just little things like that and, and do what you do. Mm-hmm. So how many formations do you get in, would you say, a game? What, what's uh, your... where, where I'm at now at St. Mary's, we run T and only T. Um, I got you. Okay. And Pat, and last year at St. Mary's, we, we did have a pro formation because we had a kid we like to throw the ball up to, mm-hmm. where it's really just nothing more than two backs and kids split out still they're still double mm-hmm. tight nothing changed um when i was at dundee we would get into you know some wing t formations but the problem with those is when you're not in the t and you're not in a balanced formation you start having tendencies like there's only certain plays you can run to a tight end wing and vice versa um we did a little bit of double tight double wing rocket series at dundee and we also my last year um we had a double tight empty gun package and that was really out of necessity because we had a quarterback with a nice arm, but he just wasn't the fastest on the field. He was a smart kid. I trusted him. He was tough, but we had to kind of take advantage of his strengths and make the best of it. Mm-hmm. But what we would do is we would shift to that formation from the T or a double under center formation every time. 
So at least got we would at least catch someone out of position. Hmm. So that's awesome. Double tight gun, man. I bet people were calling timeouts and you shifted to that. Well, we it was double tight is double tight quads. So our oh, entire okay. and we went we never sub personnel in. So our entire backfield, T backfield will go to the left or the right, and the quarterback will step back and. So it was, it was different. It was, I never thought I'd do it, but you know, you have to take advantage of what you got, especially at a small school where you might have you know, 22, 23 kids on, on a Friday mm-hmm. night. So no doubt when you were a head coach, what kind of defense did you like to run? What was your, um, what was your flavor? We ran a multiple 50 is what it was. Um, had the ability to back into a three, three when we wanted to, but it was really, more of a multiple looking front just based on one word calls uh and it was really because we it came down to the fact that at the school i was at had a had a fantastic wrestling program mm-hmm. um they won like 10 out of the last 12 state titles mm-hmm. team state titles so we'd always have a tough kid you know tough hard-nosed kid at nose guard that could give us center problems and that's what we built our defense around was our nose guard and then our mike linebacker Hmm. everything else was secondary to that but still um yeah that was really kind of what we did at dundee um at st mary's we've run a very simple four three where our defensive linemen are expected to clog gaps and let our our athletes in the back you know and the linebackers and secondary do their thing so i guess here's my question how do you defend double tight and four down what is what's the ant what do you what do you guys like to do out of that squeeze squeeze down blocks spill everything to the outside mm-hmm. um you know we'll move around a little bit and we have some other uh fronts if we have to mm-hmm. we can you know like versus over versus under whatever you want to call I mean there's some different things we can do or walk people up i mean we didn't do this but the big trend against us out of a for teams that ran four three ran a four three against us the big trend was people walking their corners up on the line scrimmage. Hmm. That that and that just ended up. I think three teams did that to us this year, and they would bring those corners every play, and mm-hmm. they basically dared us to throw and or hit. So right. while the in while the interior squeezed down or pinched down, so mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah! So. When you talk four three, are you talking six technique, nine seven there at end? What what's what do you like? So to do there? for us, okay, so for us out of our four three against the T, we would we would have twos, you know, or head up on the guards, whatever you want to call it, and sevens, which are inside shoulder of the tight end for us. Mm-hmm. And those guys, we just they crash down, crash down. Mm-hmm. We, our whole are idea was we're going to yeah, go ahead. Are you are you playing? Who's your overhang? Like your force player? Are you using a linebacker or more of a, a linebacker type body? Linebackers. Yep. Okay. Linebacker ship. That's awesome. That's awesome. We, so we it's kind of six one. Yep. We just try to keep it simple. Spill okay. to the outside. Okay. That's awesome, Coach. Now, you were also the special teams coordinator, so. Yeah. I have never had a special teams coordinator on the podcast. So talk about like, how does, what does that role look like for you on a, like a weekly sure. basis, like a game week basis? What does that, sure. what does that look like? So, so I do all the game breakdown as far as scheming for every, you know, every unit, 
I put together the scouting report that um, every Tuesday, no, I'm sorry, Wednesday morning, I take that back. Wednesday mornings before school, we'll have a special teams meeting. We'll review the report, hoping they've read it, but then we'll watch film. And I also try to um, establish some relationships in the community. So like they, they'll get Tim Hortons for breakfast or some, they'll get some kind of breakfast while we're watching film. But, and I try, I, I try to make it as interactive as possible, ask a lot of questions and tendencies and my time, and especially at special teams at the high school level, I find this isn't me being condescending, but it's very, a lot of people, most people keep it simple and mm-hmm. because you, only, you just don't have that many guys. Um, so we played, we played the tendencies um, on certain things and other things we try to turn it into an offensive play, like for our punt and kickoff, we try to find a long snapper that we try to find the fastest kid who can also long snap mm. because we release him on punt and his goal is to get down the field. Mm. And uh, on kickoff, for example, our goal is the first guy there secures the tackle. The second guy is going for the turnover. Two mm. years ago, we actually, actually we ended up coming up. This isn't like, Hey, look at me pat myself on the back. It's a credit to our kids, but um we ended up winning the playoff coming back from behind to win a playoff game at home, uh, a second round playoff game, because on a kickoff, we had a kid secure the tackle and the second guy came in, punched the ball out, got the ball in the 20 with about, I don't know, 30 seconds left. And okay. Give us the ball inside the 20. Well, all right, here we go. Um, Man, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, the challenge is, is like any small schools when, when you have an injury, you're plugging and playing guys throughout the year, especially the last two years where it could be, hey, this guy was your returner for the last first three weeks. Oh, now he's quarantined for 10 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put this kid in. And that kid gets hurt, you know, gets, uh, I don't know, cramps. Okay, now we got to plug and play this guy. But it's so those little things that, you know, everybody's dealt with. But, mm-hmm. but I enjoy it. It's given me, you know, I've always been on mostly on the offensive side of the ball. So it's just given me some new to kind of explore and continue to try to get better at. Hmm. That's awesome. You, you're the offensive line coach, right, coach? Did I read yep. your bio yeah, there? Yeah, me along with the head coach. Yep, we do the offensive line. Oh, nice. So what's your drill progression as far as, you know, getting your guys ready to play? For, so if you watch – the really good Michigan power T teams on film. The one thing you'll notice is, and maybe all good running teams, I shouldn't just exclusive it to Michigan and power T, but is getting off the football. Is that just that surge off the line? So every single practice and they, they there's days they hate it, but we do what we call stance and starts. We go through all of our footwork and they do 10 yard sprints. And if they're not full 10 yard sprints, we go back to the beginning. And that's how every single day starts for us. And they, and then they eventually get used to it, but it's, um, we're big on footwork and then a lot of it. And then a lot of it is just, uh, we're still a shoulder blocking team. We still shoulder block. Um, we're not the biggest in the world always, but we believe if we can block you in your thigh pads, we can at least get angles on you. So those are really the big three that we hit. And we're also a big sled team. Mm-hmm. So. That's awesome. So being a double tight three back, I was reading another article about the T 
what do you do with the kids that are wide receiver type kids? What are that? What's their role? I see you smiling. I love it. So like, I guess that's a, you get that question some. So what do you, yeah. what's their role? How do you, how do you, how do you do that? So it's tough. Cause you know, you do have the kids that come in, you ask, especially the young kids, cause by the time they're older, they figure it out. But so the young kids that come in and say, Hey, I, I'm, I play receiver. Great. We have one of those called tight ends, but no, we yeah. try. If we have a special kid that's truly receiver type, we'll we'll build in some formations for him. Like we could go, you know, one tight end, three backs, and split him out. There's and then and also have him be more of a defensive specialist. If we we've had a, we had a kid this year um, that he was more of a wide receiver type, but he would always mostly be on the backside of plays as a tight end. But when we needed a big play in the passing game, he was our guy still. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, there's some different ways to hide it. Um, yeah, you'll get, you get that usually from the freshmen. They'll say, well, I, but I play receiver, huh? That's great, son. But we don't got those here. We don't have that. <laughs> we don't, but, uh, we don't have those. No, I, every once in a while, you do have a special kid. And I've, I've never said, like, I'll, I will pigeonhole myself to not using a kid's talents. No. So, That's good, coach. That's awesome. You're the inclusion director, and I'm a teacher. Yeah. So, talk to me about what that means. So I've, I've had superintendents on the podcast. I've had guys that don't even coach football. So I'm very interested in that as well. What does that What does that mean? Like, what What does that look like? So, day the director of inclusion for us is basically what would be the director of special ed in most public schools. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So i We're kind of a program within our school. We have. Um, our students don't have what's unique about it. So what makes our programs a little bit more unique is instead of having adult aides with these um, young men and women, we have what we call peer mentors, so, which could be anywhere from freshmen to seniors and good academic standing. Um, they go through a training, but then they actually take an hour out of their day to be the aide for this student. And oh, they, wow. receive, they receive academic credit. They get a letter of recommendation. They get nominated for a scholarship at the end of the year. So that, that's the cool part of seeing those relationships build. And especially when they transition, they translate to outside of, you know, your 8 to 2, 8 to 3 time. Like we've had, uh, we've had, you know, seeing those kids, you know, their peer mentors take them to a football game or take them out to dinner after homecoming stuff like that that they would never experience otherwise mm. seeing those um organic relationships grow is kind of the re rewarding part and then just seeing you know some of the of my students go on to do things that people weren't going to think was possible um for better or worse a lot of private schools have the reputation of like we we can't take special needs students we're not we're a college prep school we're this mm -hmm. but luckily i have an administration that's they believe in it they believe it's a part and i'm not trying without trying to get all religious on you but they believe it's a part of the gospel and so they were all in on it um they've given me all the support i need and and then some um me get education through the note from notre dame as well which is cool but, oh wow uh, yeah I'm, I'm pretty lucky and pretty fortunate but um we actually had our first graduate of the program last year and he's actually at the university of toledo now 
as because they've started a college program for students with special needs. So, okay, yeah, man, that's great. I, yeah, we we are we are Catholic, so you're pre, you're preaching to the choir here. Uh, yeah, man, that's that's so cool because I I was flashing back when you said most private schools don't have that program. I've been I've been in a couple of private schools and no, like we based well one did one took special special needs or special education but most yeah. don't and that's really cool y'all do yep it's like i said and it, it's been a journey it's definitely been i mean we started with one student with down syndrome and now we're up to six students with uh various disabilities not just down syndrome but on the autism spectrum traumatic brain injuries cognitive impairments and uh, we're actually expanding down into the middle school now too so it's it's rewarding I, i'll tell you I've been in education. I mean, I don't know, I've been in a couple different schools and while I had good experiences, this has probably been the most rewarding mm. where I can leave, you know, I can leave at the end of the day feeling good about myself. Like, Hey, you know what? Mm. At least, at least I'm helping someone somewhere. It's mm. with the help of, obviously I, we have great peer mentors and great kids and good teachers and ad administration, but it's a little bit more fulfilling. That's awesome coach. Coach, as we, we land the plane on, on the podcast, I would love your wisdom to young coaches, guys looking to maybe get into the profession. What's some advice for them that you would, you would like to give? Be willing to volunteer anywhere and do any job they ask you to do. Um, you want to coach high school football. Say your goal is to be a varsity football coach. Call up the near two or three of the nearest high schools and offer to volunteer and be the guy that's willing to set up the headsets on Fridays, set up the video camera, clean the locker room, uh, do huddle data input, do all those little things that nobody thinks about. Um, obviously, you know, I have a good work ethic as well. Now, if your goal is to coach in college, my advice is to, as soon as you become an undergrad, go to the football office, find that director of football operations and uh, volunteer. It's you don't get in, you don't get into coaching to be rich. That's for sure. Or education for that matter, but still, um, yeah. but if that's where you want to be, it's, it's possible. It's just, you're going to put in a lot of time. Um, you have to be willing to leave your ego at home. That's for sure. Because you're not going to be the guy, you're not going to be handed a headset on day one and, you know, one of the cute play cards and all that stuff on Friday night. So be willing to put in the work and just leave your ego at home, uh, don't forget about, you know, don't forget that uh, once you start, you know, moving up the ladder to make sure you help some, uh, someone else up the ladder as well. Coach, that's so good. Coach, I really appreciate your wisdom and your time. And, oh, man, it's been cool getting to know you, email and texting. And I'm sure I'll be yeah. reaching out with uh, more questions as well. Sure, yeah, anything you guys need. And like I said, I can find me on Twitter. And I will be doing a couple clinics in the February, um, I'll be in, doing the Detroit clinic on February, I wanna say the 12th, it's a Saturday afternoon. I know I'm doing three sessions there. And then I'm out in Salt Lake City, actually uh, speaking on the T and connecting your program to your community on the 19th, I believe, out at uh, Conwood High School and Salt Lake City host a big clinic, so. That's awesome, yeah, I, I just pulled up your uh, the bio you sent me and yeah i'll definitely put that information into the show notes and people can 
you have your Twitter in there as well. Yep. yep. People can contact you and uh, get, you know, get your wisdom. Like I'm getting, I'm stealing all your ideas, coach. That's why everything, I'm everything I know came from someone else is I've been, I was blessed to have a great high school coach who made a huge impact on me. I mean, my son's named after him. So, I mean, just to oh, tell wow. you the difference, make the difference he made in my life. And then to be able to work for good coaches all around, um, you know, every little step of the way and just little things from each of them. It's, it's been a real blessing. I'm fortunate. That's awesome. Coach coach. Thank you for your time. I know you, you are a busy man and uh, I know all the listeners will appreciate your, your time on the podcast. Thanks Zach. Take care, buddy.